enlightened. Theo Thinks. I'm your host, Theo Smith. This is a podcast that does deep dives into a variety of topics to encourage, enlighten, and activate your mind. Because Breonna Taylor was murdered by the reckless bullets of Louisville police, it's unfortunately been easy for the news outlets and activists to forget that there was a second victim that night, Kenneth Walker. Mr. Walker was Brianna's boyfriend and was with her that night when police, unannounced, burst into Ms. Taylor's apartment. It was his legally registered firearm he used to fire a single shot in self-defense prior to police blindly firing 32 bullets into the apartment. What transpired after demonstrates how racial inequality is not only prevalent in law enforcement, but is weaponized to terrify and deny black people of their rights. The police reports and interview transcripts are quite extensive, and I highly encourage you to read them for yourself. They are posted online on the Louisville Police Department's website, and you can also Google Brianna Taylor Police Report, and it should bring up the link for you to access the documents off of the Police Department's website. Here are key takeaways from the reports to highlight the ineptitude of police and the racism Kenneth Walker experienced. Kenneth Walker, after the shooting, called his mom, 911, and Brianna's mom before he knew it was the police that shot up the apartment and killed Brianna. Kenneth Walker had time to call his mom, 911, and Brianna's mom before the police even made it known that they were present and let alone the ones that shot up the apartment. I find that to be just absolutely remarkable um, (laughs) that you've got a squadron of police out front um, that have not even made their presence known after shooting up Brianna's apartment, after fatally wounding Brianna. Excuse me. Which also makes clear that they made absolutely no attempt to um, see if anyone was wounded and to see if medical uh, attention was was needed. They they didn't do that. In fact, the interviews with the sergeants and the detectives that were present um, 
confirms that because none of them state that they checked to see who was hurt or that medical care was sought and provided for Brianna who lay wounded and screaming next to Kenneth Walker which means that possibly possibly they could have provided some kind of care or given Brianna some kind of attention that may maybe could have saved her life Number two, when Kenneth asked asked his interviewing officers, Sergeant Amanda Seeley and Sergeant Tennell, why the police were at the apartment, they told him they didn't know. He also asked them why the plainclothes officer transporting him pulled the car over and he was informed there was a misunderstanding. The sergeants interviewing Kenneth didn't know why the officers were at Brianna's residence. And while he was being transported, and we'll get the, we'll get into the details around that 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 encounter that he had a little later. But he was informed that it, it was all a misunderstanding. Number three, Kenneth Walker stated that the police kept asking him if there was a white male in the apartment. He described the officer's faces as confused while he was being handcuffed as there was no white male at the apartment. It was just him and Brianna. And Kenneth Walker, to make it clear, is black. Number four, Kenneth Walker states that one of the officers on the scene threatened to let the dog he was holding loose on him and that he was going to jail for the rest of his life. It's important to note that Mr. Walker has uh, no warrants, no, um, no criminal record, and announced his intention to use his weapon before defending himself and Miss Taylor. Number five, officers asked Mr. Walker if he'd been hit by any bullets, and when he said no, the officer commented, well, that's unfortunate. Sergeant Seeley and Tennell remarked on the inappropriateness of uh, these comments. Number six, there were three bangs on the door at different intervals. Each time, Brianna asked, who is it? And each time, there was no response. Number seven, Brianna is on the floor next to Kenneth, wounded and screaming. The police made no attempt to administer or get medical help for Brianna, in spite of Kenneth's calls for help. Kenneth Walker is in the apartment that the police have just shot up calling for help and 
not only do they not provide any kind of medical attention, but they don't even announce themselves even at that point. Number eight, it really stands out to me how inappropriate and cold the tone of the comments and questions are by the sergeants during the interview with Mr. Walker. The officers spent an uncomfortable amount of time focusing on the fact that Brianna and Kenneth were laying in the bed naked. I couldn't believe how many times they asked Kenneth Walker about the state of him and Miss Walker being undressed. And it, it, it seemed incredibly inappropriate to me um, that they lingered and that they would return back to this, this, this very personal detail repeatedly throughout the interview. Number nine, Kenneth showed concern for the officer that he shot, which I thought was incredibly compassionate. Number 10, the sergeants questioning Kenneth had no idea why there was police activity at Brianna's apartment that night. Number 11, Sergeant Seeley and Sergeant Tennell asked Kenneth if he knew of any of Brianna's ex-boyfriends by name. He didn't, and as they continue to press him, they make it seem like Brianna's lying to him or uh, holding something back from him, which I thought was I thought it was inappropriate. I thought it was um, very unnecessary. Number 12. They question him about his family background and whether anyone in his family had been involved in criminal activity as if criminality is a genetic predisposition somehow unique to black people. Um, Even one of the the questioning sergeants um, acknowledged that they were familiar with Kenneth Walker's father uh, being a football coach at one of the local high schools, yet they still took this line of questioning, um, asking him uh, if anybody on his mother's side had been involved in criminal activity or drugs or if anybody on his father's side had been involved in criminal activity or drug activity. And (laughs) as if black people are somehow uh, genetically predisposed to criminal activity, if we have family members who have uh, done things outside of the, the the bounds of the law. It's it's, it's <laughs> insulting. It's dated. It's um, irrational. But here we are in 2020, and police officers are still threatening to sick the dogs on us. Still threatening to put us in jail for the rest of our lives without due process. Still threatening 
um, to to strip us of our rights and our livelihood at a moment's notice and seeking to justify dismantling our rights and our lives by by any any notion that they can come up with it's remarkable we're in 2020 and things that we've seen in documentaries during the civil rights era um things that we've heard about during the Jim Crow era it's still going on we can't leave these things in the past because they're still occurring in the present and until we look these these issues in the face we won't be able to fix them and it takes more than just black people to collectively rise up and speak up and change the system, change the system of racism, of oppression, and fix it so that equality is the rule of law. Number 13, several times throughout the interview, Kenneth recounted while being transported in a police vehicle They pulled off into a parking lot and another unmarked silver SUV pulled up behind them. An officer in plain clothes, presumably a ranking officer, got out and told the female officer transporting Kenneth to roll his window down. The plain clothes officer asked Kenneth his name and social security number. Kenneth asked him if Brianna was dead and the officer wouldn't sta- wouldn't say, but stated, there's been a big misunderstanding tonight. <sighs> a misunderstanding. They categorized what happened on March 13th, 2020, as a misunderstanding. A young woman gunned down in her own apartment by police is much more than just a misunderstanding. A young man being treated as a criminal, threatened, dehumanized by police officers is much more than a misunderstanding. These are injustices that we cannot stand for. These are injustices that cannot happen. Because misunderstandings that cost someone their life or infringe on rights and liberties that are supposed to be afforded to all of us under the law. is criminality that must be addressed, that must be rooted out, and reforms must be made. Because no one deserves 
to lose their life, to lose their rights or their liberties. While someone can just shrug them off as misunderstandings, as if that poor excuse of an apology can somehow excuse or make good on the loss of life, the neglect, the abuse of power that was displayed on this night. Number 14. At no point during the interview was Kenneth reminded of his right to remain silent, excuse me, or his right to an attorney. (sighs) Ladies and gentlemen, I just don't know what to say. It's very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. And I... My heart goes out to the families of both Breonna Taylor and Kenneth Walker and to Kenneth Walker himself for the negligence and the injustice that they experienced. That none of us as Americans should have to experience. And yet, all too often, we are reminded that in this country laws are applied differently depending on the color of your skin depending on where you live depending on what you're able to afford that is the definition of inequality And until we seek out and replace inequality with equality and equal and fair application of the law for everyone, nothing will change. And an injustice done to one of us is an injustice done to all of us. If you, if you can watch a video of a black man being killed in the street by a police officer with, his, with the officer's knee on that man's neck, you have to understand that what's being done to that man is an injustice that can be done to you. It's appalling. If the police can go and shoot up Brianna's apartment and not be held accountable, because let's be honest, they weren't held accountable. They were charged for the bullets that hit the neighbor's apartment. How insulting. Justice and the law 
should not be able to be selectively applied in such a manner. So yes, I'm angry and I'm outraged. But what gives me hope is the fact that I see people speaking up and being unified and and saying that none of us can put up with this. None of us can expect this to be a normal way of life. It can't be. So if you're angry, and I hope you are, I encourage you to attend rallies, to organize and to protest, to petition your representatives for a change to the Constitution that provides an amendment that outlines the purpose of police, what their expected conduct is, is to be, and that such an amendment has to be written to benefit citizens. Because it's time that we addressed these systemic issues within law enforcement. It's time that we mandated that officers be trained a lot longer than nine months. That they be taught how to care for their communities, to, to be compassionate with the residents instead of looking for threats, instead of being so quick to utilize lethal force. So please be informed, be vigilant, and look after yourself so that you can look after someone else, good buddy.